Welcome to the Technory Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. Joining me on today's show, Jeremy Dockin, CEO of Calderos. They're just solving that tiny little healthcare problem where you can't afford any of the prescription medicine that you need or even some that you don't need. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not into, like, I don't take prescriptions at current, but I have gotten into enough accidents and things that I know that it's in my future and I watch my family members take it and I think, how in the hell am I going to pay for this? And I look at the world we live in and I just, I, I personally, I don't understand how healthcare and insurance work. I get how it works, but I, I don't understand how it still works this way. Um, and that's kind of the root of this conversation with Jeremy. Obviously, we talk about Calderos and the main mission he's on, which is a gigantic mission, and he's absolutely the person to solve it. But the part that we also kind of gloss over as entrepreneurs is, when is the timing right to try to solve this kind of a problem? It's not always. It's not forever. You know, education, transportation, these things, healthcare, insurance, it's, it wasn't solvable 10 years ago, and maybe it shouldn't have been. There's a time and a place for things, and there's also a people who can do this. Certain people, entrepreneurs, serial entrepreneurs, those that are not seasoned in the healthcare space, I don't think are well positioned to try to solve healthcare problems because they think, oh, just blow it up. It doesn't work that way. There's intricacies that if you don't have adoption at the highest, the middle, and the lowest levels of the business will never work. And we go into, I think, fairly deeply, what are some of the things that founders who want to disrupt or get involved in technology development in healthcare and sure tech and education and transportation, some of these, you know, ages old, forever old industries in the world, they really need to know. You've got to be looking at a singular problem to solve, not necessarily just going straight into, I'm going to blow this whole industry up and create this big, gigantic wealth machine. And that's one of the things that I think ultimately uh, is the divider. And it's, I think, the reason that Jeremy is not only the right person, but he's at the right place and the right time to try to take this mission on. And I sure hope he gets it. So this is my conversation with the CEO and founder of Calderos, Jeremy Dockin. I had a conversation the other day with a couple of investors, and these weren't tech investors as much as just like they invest, you know, publicly traded venture capital all over the place, real estate, et cetera. And they were saying, you know, obviously this conversation came as a result of the wonderful performing Dow that we're dealing with right now and, and just all of the, the market swings and the nervousness around recession and all of that. And the question was, on the top level, the question was like, do you think tech is prized for another kind of bust like .com or do you see, you know, other opportunities? And then in a wider scope, like what are the different industries within tech or other that are worth looking at and staying, uh, you know, in tune with? And my, the short answer, and I shared this on Instagram and all these other places, but the short answer is I think tech is uniquely positioned differently than it ever was before because our rely, you know, it was a nice to have when it was .com. We're so reliant on technology now that the only way that businesses that are slow and hitting slumps are going to get out of it is cutting costs and building AI and tech that can actually support them. So in my mind, technology is going to be not recession-proof, but fairly uh, recession-proof in some regards. The caveat to that, though, was you got to pick the right sectors. Yes. And the sectors that I thought, in my mind, and I could be wrong, I'm, I hope I'm not wrong based on uh, my savings, but there's like a handful of sectors that when you look forward, and you don't have to look too far, five years, you just look at the troubles we're dealing with and what happens when people lose money and what they have to do, what, what are their problems. Mm -hmm. And the three areas that stood out to me as a no-brainer, transportation, healthcare, and the last one, education. And in my mind, if you don't see a complete tech change, complete 
reorganization of everything in those three areas, we're in a little bit of trouble. And you guys obviously represent the healthcare spot quite well and are a company that I think is is doing some big things that can touch a ton of people and have an impact that, may, you know, I think you guys are doing very well today. But, I mean, I think when you fast forward even a couple of years, it's a piece where I, I don't know that the world works well without it. And and that's sort of the, the part that brings you to this table is like, why don't we literally just go right into the business first and then let's sort of go back and dissect a little bit of like what got you guys to the spot. Sure. Does that make Sounds sense? Great. Yeah. So just run right through the business. Sure. So um, Calderos, we work with drug and device manufacturers, payers and providers to kind of sit in the middle in terms of technology offerings that we that we create to solve some of the business problems of healthcare so that everybody can do what their core responsibility is to be doing, which is improving patient health. So we're, the first problem that we're focusing on is on drug discount programs. Um, there is $166 billion in drug discounts paid last year, which as we're talking um, right now in the country about the, the price of drugs, I mean, it's, it seems to be strange that drug discounts are increasing year over year. Uh, they represent such a huge dollar amount, yet we're still talking about, you know, like um, that, that, that drug prices are too high. Um, and we found that that there is enough of that discount dollars that's already being paid. A lot of it's going business to business that can do a lot um, in terms of when we get rid of some of the wastage to help allow that extra money to go down and help reduce patient costs. So that has been the mission that we've created is to be able to sit in the middle, fix some of those inefficiencies in the infrastructure so that it frees up the uh, the money um, and make sure that they go to the, the, the correct party, which hopefully is going to be the patients. So going back to the opening line of the show, it, I mean, literally, it's not even five years. It's probably two years. Well, it depends on what happens in November, but it's probably two years. I, I, I just see this place where people, this country is like held together by a, a thread at this point, in particular on healthcare, but also education. We don't have any sort of fundamental understanding as a consumer as to where the dollars go, where the products come from, what I should use, how much I should use, how do I get it, am I insured, what do I pay? Like, it's just such a mystery, and yet it's not to people like you who, are, who watch it. Maybe it's well, still Well, I mean, your eyes tell me maybe it's Yeah, no, it's, um, it, it is a mystery even for me when I'm left with, so I've got my Calderos life, right, yep. where obviously Calderos, we have information that um, comes from the people who we work with. But I'm um, also my mom's power of attorney for healthcare, her power of attorney for financials. And I uh, recently went through a time where I was looking at all of these different drugs that she's spending. I'm like, okay, I'm an expert in drug pricing yeah. or in how it works in the United States. I should be able to figure out what she should be paying, where is she paying too much, help guide her decisions. And I spent an entire day looking at a variety of different websites that were supposed to be working for price transparency. And every one of them gave me a different answer. And I, with the with the, the the information that we at Calderos have, obviously I could have looked up to see what are the general discounts amount, but um, I wanted to look at it from the, the eyes of somebody who doesn't have that benefit. And you know, this is not necessarily that uh, the healthcare system in this uh, in this country is designed to make sure that prices are transparent. I mean, so even I have that trouble. That is monumentally like. I can't even put words for it, like to describe how insane that is that like a, like a person who would be most likely to know this answer would be lost looking at it. So how does a normal person, particularly an older person, how are they supposed to know what they're doing or how they're doing it or why they're being billed? Or if, I mean, like 
I look at it and I think of insurance in a lot of ways hasn't changed. It's still very much like a scare tactic sales pitch. Like you're going to, you need it. Cause if you don't, you know, mm, this could happen. You're like, Oh, it could, yeah, I could go broke. Well, you could go broke with insurance paying for it. Like <laughs> What's exactly. the point? Exactly. No, I think um, there's definitely a need for us to recognize that transparency, price transparency is something that is a problem that we need to solve for. And no matter how many times we've been trying to create different mechanisms to make that possible, it's not working. Because we've this isn't new. Like we, yeah. you know, there's been a variety of different websites for a long time that talk about all of the different ways to, to price a service and how to price a you know, drug product. Um, and again, even with today, with all those different tools. I couldn't go in and figure the it out. great lengths that people will go to protect their scheme or scam or whatever it is, is it's and there's it's too much money. There's so much money in it. It's very hard for like an individual player to try to take it on. There, there, there's too much to lose. Yeah, and in the way that the way that the pharmaceutical and then the device market as well works in this country is that it definitely it's it works on this concept of spread, right? So the drug manufacturer makes the drug and then they sell it to a trading partner, and that partner partner wants to you know buy low, sell high, yeah. and then it goes to possibly another distributor who wants to buy low and sell high, and so every single time in the very complex healthcare system. There's this desire to buy low, sell high, and it that that information asymmetry that that one party has is partly how those businesses get created, and that's been again the the desire for for keeping that information asymmetry to keep those 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 discount dollars and not necessarily let people know exactly which discounts were being used to purchase a drug, which discounts were being used and, and passed on to a trading partner, um, has is both a problem, but is part. You know the way that the system was created. That's that's also seen as how it's supposed to work. The last time somebody explained something like this to me was a bookie friend I have in Vegas. I mean, seriously, like that's like the level that you have to like get to to think of it. So the the human part of you takes a user experience, helping your mother out, and looks through all this stuff and doesn't cheat and use your own tools. At some point, I have to imagine you did go back and look at your own stuff. You know, I. I actually, uh, I did. Um, it didn't necessarily, yes. Unfortunately, a lot of those discount dollars that I was seeing weren't, well, well, I knew which discounts were being passed on to other trading partners. I did not see a path for how yeah. those would be passed on to my mom who's on the Medicare Part D. Oh, yeah, I didn't mean to use it to yeah. like help her. I meant as, a, as the business owner. Like yes. looking at it like how would I, how could I solve this problem for the masses? I mean, that that's the part. It's like you look back at Calderos and what you're doing, what is what, what are some of the most obvious things that as you started to build the business, and obviously it's advanced a lot since you started, but what were those like key things like, okay, this is nuts. This is how this is going. How, how can I maybe approach chipping away at this that could potentially be a scalable business? What, what were the moments where you're like, all right, that, this is a, I can attack this one thing. Yeah, so I think uh, with with myself and uh, had a lot of experience working with drug manufacturers, other team members who have been with me from the beginning, they had ex um, experience working with providers. Other people have been working with payers. So we, the team that we formed, had that that knowledge from each of those three different major players in healthcare, um, and and we knew that with, by bringing together um, that knowledge of working in the industry yep. uh, and focusing on solving the business to business side first, that that would be a different angle to solving this challenge than what I've seen a lot of other companies do, who who say, oh, the problem of health, the problem of cost is the discounts and the actual amount and the support for the patient, you know, paying. And so there's a variety of different solutions that might help try to you know immediately offset out-of-pocket costs yeah but we took the approach of there's a lot of money that's just already going through that 
may not necessarily be in compliance with laws and contract terms, and that represents waste to me. Um, and if we focus on solving for that and creating an infrastructure, so it's not just something you have to go after and it's a lot of work, but you can actually build an infrastructure that will make sure that these programs are running compliantly, that every, you know, every single one of the players in healthcare wants, they understand their mission is to help patients. And so once we can solve for that aspect and free up those dollars, um, everybody agrees that making sure patient, um, that drugs are affordable to patients is something that everybody can get behind. And so we can, we can solve it as a secondary thing when yeah. we first focus on this, the massive problem of the business. It's, business it's interesting to me because like, so like again, kind of going back to transportation, education, and healthcare, uh, not on purpose. It just sort of works out this way. Um, when I look at ed- education, I'm going to set aside and be like, that's something that we can look at another day. Healthcare and insurance to a lesser extent, separate insured tech versus healthcare tech, which are obviously connected, but they don't have to be um, versus say transportation. All of these major disruptors that I've talked to and that I've looked at, they have basically two approaches and most industries, not healthcare for the most part and insure tech. We'll get into why um, you look at like the Travis Kalnick effect with Uber. He had a choice. I can either try to attack the medallion and, and the government and how you're going to, and he did to an extent have to do that, obviously. But like in the early going, it was like, do I try to change what's in and what's going on? And do I have to know everything there is to know about all the intricacies and all the backdoor deals and everything that's going on at the local level? Or do I just create something where the user demand is so ridiculous that they have no choice but to all come out and get me? And once they come out from behind their their little veil, now I know who you are and how you work and I can piece together the solution and voila, Uber's here, not profitable. Then there is healthcare and insurance and the education component, which is the unknown. I, I feel like there are some aspects that you can do that. You can take the approach of like, well, I don't need to know anything about how this business is run. I just need to know how to bring value that's so tremendous to the users that they force my opponents out. In this case, I almost think that to disrupt something like this and not be an insider or know something about the inside is almost impossible. I would agree with that completely. Um, when it, it was interesting when we started to go out to raise for VC, that was the first time we started to take, to take a look at the competitive environment. And you could absolutely see the the companies who would work in a tangential space, who the founding team may not have had the healthcare background, yep. um, but maybe they're serial entrepreneurs. And you could, for those of us who are in healthcare, I mean, you 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 kind of separated from the people who are in healthcare and everybody yeah. else yeah. in terms of. Well, you'd you see immediately when you it. look at a competitor whether or not there's any chance whatsoever that that'll work because you know inside where the adoption would be. Exactly. I think to, to do this and to be a disruptor, um, my wife it was a math – I mean she was a math major. And she – I was not very good in math. And she told me as, she, as I would talk about the idea, she said, you are game theory. Like you – that's natural to you. Yeah. Like you kind of have to have that mind who can take this massive equation – of how the U.S. healthcare system works, from from not just the flow of funds, but the the profit motivations, and you know, and what are the tweaks that you can do for that? What are the contract terms? What are the different laws? What are the things saying? And and solve for a very complex equation. And that's why I mean, I like to say like, if there are people who say, "What does it take to start a company?" I'm like, just focus on a problem for ten years. Eventually, yeah. you'll come up with a solution. Or, I feel like, or you maybe are blind, and you should probably try something different. Exactly. I don't know. But this one is definitely one that um, not just for myself, but other team members uh, that we have on the Calderos team have been focusing on for 10, 20, 25 years yeah. um, of our careers before we took a stab at saying, let's 
you know, go off on our own and take a chance and, um, and, and build something that we actually think is necessary to fix these problems. What do you think are some of the unknown, like let's say you weren't in healthcare, that you started this business, what are some of the unknown things that you feel like make disrupting healthcare and insurance and, and education, as I keep saying, because it's, it reminds me very much of like, does an insider need to disrupt that because they have to understand how the government is involved and how the loans and everything is you know, tied together? Or can someone come outside and be like, oh, here, just go here, forget school. Um, it, what are the problems that someone who would try to make change for good will stumble into and why they're hitting roadblocks? I mean, the systems that we're talking about here, they're not new. I mean, yeah. right, like the pharmaceutical market, that's obviously not a new, you know, that's a very, very mature market. Uh, education, we've been educating people forever. There's a reason why the systems are the way that they are and why we're feeling that they're frustrated with them. And um, I definitely recommend if these are problems that somebody feels like they're passionate about solving to definitely spend some time learning Go about get a job why the they're the way that they are. Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, people are rational, right? These are, these are, these are some systems. Are. Well, yeah, okay, agreed. Um, but you, it's nice as economists yeah. always say, everybody's rational. <laughs> yes, um, so let's at least assume from an economist's perspective that everybody is rational, even though we know that's not true. Um, that that these systems that we that as you're an outsider and like that doesn't make any sense why does it work that way well before immediately jumping to trying to solve what you think is the most obvious approach there's probably tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of people who've worked in it yeah. before who may have had the same idea and you and there's a reason why it it there you don't see it being solved you you really need i mean for calderos's perspective we didn't launch on um, and, and, and completely disrupting, right? We said, we, we launched differently. We said, all right, so we see that where that the trend is going, that there is a need to connect people to, uh, to share non-standard, non-financial information about a transaction, that the, that the infrastructure between a payer and a drug manufacturer, for example, doesn't have the attributes necessary to share it, that to get that information requires a new way to, to go off and collect it and capture it. Um, you know, we that's that's the first application that we built is to go off and then and collect the the information that's necessary to really evaluate if there's an issue here or not, and to allow it to be scalable and be able to speak to thousands of providers. It was only after we focused on it and trying to solve it the way that the system works today with just a minor technology tweak um, that we said this is just this is not going to fix the underlying problem. Yeah. Now that we now that we're confident that we've spent enough time um, to the powers that be. To, to say, look, we have now identified, you know, $70 million worth of non-compliant discounts that are representative of waste. We we are the experts in the country on this problem. Uh, this is not this this is not going to work unless we do a solution like this. Yep. Um, and, you know, we kind of paid our dues. Right. We 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 focused on the problem without trying to redefine and be that disruptor said, look, we're just honestly saying we're here to fix this problem. We're not here to make anyone win. We're yeah. here to fix this problem. We're all feeling there's no way to do it with the way that we're trying to do it today. It's not going to work. It's failed for decades. This is what it takes to be a solution that solves it and then be able to make that case. I think and that's I, I totally agree with you. I, I think it, the, the interesting part about this, there's a couple of things you said that are in particular, I think, worth going back on. The one sticking with what you literally just said. The one thing that I find interesting is there is this disruptor tech new way of doing things thing that's sometimes those people don't recognize the scary factor of like what you're doing and that, yes, in this nice ecosystem that Chicago's tech scene is, it's great that you can get some headways and some early wins. You might even get a thousand customers and that'd be great. 
But if you ever want to compete and actually play in the field with the big dogs, they have to like you or at least be afraid of you in one regard and, and have to be able to work with you because you're not going to be able to do what you're trying to do without working with big players. So going in and be like, we're just going to chop the tree down, good luck with that. You are, you, there's almost zero chance, which is to said, you know, the Kalanick rule. He's not the first person to come up with Uber. He's the first one to, to like, successfully get it done. Uh, and there's a difference. And so that kind of leads to the, the other two points that I thought were really interesting about what you said. One, um, you didn't say, but I, I think it's a good area, is sometimes good things, all times, good things take time. Yes. And to try to go in and just solve this problem right now, we talk about education, we talk about transportation, we talk about, obviously, healthcare. I, I think a lot of people think, you know, if you go back, let's go back a decade, you look at media. And everything is switching from newspapers to digital. And there was this, we have to change everything. Same thing with Uber. We need to have drivers that do this. We talked to the co-founder of Curb not long ago, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, the, the cab version. And he was like, listen, I didn't not think of it. I, I, of course I thought of it. We weren't ready. Not we, the company. We, the society. We didn't have access to data. We didn't have access to apps that people use. Not everyone had a phone. It didn't work. This worked only user forward. One point to one point, not point to point to point. Sometimes you have to spend a decade trying to figure out how, like, am I even solving the real problem or am I just solving symptoms? You have to put the time in and when, if you've done the work, when the opportunity presents itself to be disruptable, then you can strike. But you have to be there. Yes. And that's the part that I think a lot of people are like looking for. I guess this goes back to the literally the first sentence you said on the show. It goes back to wanting to solve an actual problem versus looking around for an opportunity to make money. Huge difference. Exactly. And and it's it's really – I don't know why this was the problem that I said. Like, this is a problem. Okay, if there's anything I do in terms it's of business It's slightly world, bizarre, this, but yeah. It is very bizarre. Yeah. I completely agree with it. Uh, it happens to have checked all the boxes. One, it's technology. Um, two, it is, like, dealing with really complex contract terms and, and all of these various laws that you have in healthcare. The things that my brain, for whatever reason, like to solve. Yeah. But whatever reason, this was the one that I'm like, this is what I'm – like. Everybody's saying there's no way to solve this problem. That I don't believe that. There's got to be a way to do it, and just focusing all of my my effort on it. Like if you're going to go into these areas that you talked about, like you 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 almost need to um, you know education and healthcare. You you kind of need to take that type of approach. You have to be like this is a problem that I'm going to solve, and I'm going to put together a team, and we are all going to work together and solve it. Um, because it's not something you'll be able to do no matter how smart you are. It's not yeah. something you'll necessarily be able to do immediately unless you're really, really lucky. Um, yeah, which, which most are not. Yeah. Uh, like, so at what, at what point during this are you like, are, are you operating in the assumption that if we can solve it, there's a business here, obviously? Or is it like, and again, you look at this very different from, in healthcare in general, is very different for a lot of reasons because usually it roots from something personal or whatever. Versus building like, you know, CRM, whatever. A lot of times you're like, I built a company throughout our operation. We found a problem that was better than even the original core problem we were solving. So now we diverted all of our resources to solve this and we become a big company. In your case, it's like, no, we, we're going to build a company in the sense that I have to have an LLC and build a team and raise money. And we're, we're trying to solve a problem. And if we can prove our hypothesis correct, 
we'll figure out the business model and we'll build around it. Is that roughly how it went or is it more thoughtful? Well, or? so for, I'd like to, uh, I don't know if this will ever happen in terms of a, a, another company, but with this company, you know, the hypotheses that we had back in 2016 when, when talking with my co-founders, right, and when we are going to start it, um, about what we saw is going to be the future, what are going to be the steps that are going to take successful. We've we haven't had to pivot. We we haven't, you know, that, that hypothesis, fortunately, we'd, we'd focused on it enough that we we basically sticking to the script that we came back with in 2016. Um, but with that script, I mean, we focused on a problem that was costing, you know, tens of millions of dollars and that people will pay somebody to help them not have tens of millions of dollars in wastage. So we didn't put very much um, in when we were in the bootstrap phase. I mean, we were able to follow the lean startup world, you know, the book. Um, yep. We were we were able to focus on on, on creating a mechanism to, to create revenue. Um, and then only after we said, "All oh, right, we've got it figured out. Uh, this is something that it feels like we can throw money on, like into the gasoline, as you always yeah. will hear people saying, to to blow it up." Um, you know, that, that was the first time that I said, this is something that is worth going off and, and raising money on. Um, and that took, you know, two and a half years of, you know, making sure that we could build a, a model, like we could build a business that would have the revenue to be sustainable. But if we really wanted to build something to truly solve the problem, that's not when we needed to throw money on it so that we could do it at the scale that was necessary. I, I think you actually hit on what might be one of the biggest question problems for this conversation, but also for a lot of conversations we have with founders and the questions they have themselves as they're about to raise money, is perhaps why in this particular industry, in healthcare or in insurance tech or in anything kind of similarly, let's call it leg- legal, a lot of legalese and things and data and whatever, is the reason serial entrepreneurs do not find great success in this spot versus you might be an entrepreneur in the space for a while, but before that you had 20 years working at this place, you know, so that that's... Yes, you're a serial entrepreneur, but you're also just like a new venture person attacking the same problems. In the case of the serial entrepreneurs you mentioned having not as much success, I think serial entrepreneurs are not, they're wired differently and they're they're not getting focused on a problem to the point where it's like, I, I mean, I do care, but like, I don't care about everything that's going around this. It's that is it. And then they pivot 55 times because they're just pursuing revenue. They're just pursuing metrics that they can take to raise money. To, to And what ends up happening is the, the flame outs you see are so gigantic because the serial entrepreneur goes in and raises a little bit of money. First off, they make the mistake of raising money to start. They mm. raise money to ideal to identify a problem. Then they raise more money to put a team on. Then they raise more money to try to you know expand it, whatever, build technology. They end up raising hundreds of millions of dollars and then flame out because they chased every avenue except for the problem which probably brought them there versus guys like you who come in it's like i know this industry i know the problem i'm trying to solve it's very niche we'll raise money when we need to raise money we just got to prove it Mm -hmm. and And i I hope it actually gives people um because you know right this is a common most time you know people without with through their career will find something in the job that they have that they'll be like this is frustrating this is broken and if they if you're somebody who that that is the type of personality you have is to have something be like okay this is broken i know if i spend time thinking about it i've always i've always made choices in life that said if i'm given if i'm given two choices i always pick the harder one that's yeah. always i mean that's that's I something the I started opposite, but yes <laughs> I, we just had this conversation with my wife last night i was like i am the poster child for path of least resistance <laughs> 
but but like I go out of my way. Like I make it harder than I need to because it's like if I could just get to this. Then well, it's not like I'm breeze. saying I, I no, take I, a left I, turn yeah. instead of a right because in, no, and I don't go mean, around. I don't mean like, out of exact, yeah, yeah, out of context. Yeah, but it, the major life choices when you're when you're in those, you know, like a change in job, yep. right? Or do I do I I'm given an opportunity I wasn't expecting it. My my career was on this trajectory. I have an opportunity to go over here and do something different. And it's kind of scary, but maybe it, you know there's a lot more work. And if I'm successful, you know that would be great. Yeah. Just without, you know, a lot of people will overanalyze that. And yeah. I got to a point where I'm like, I'm not going to overanalyze when I have an opportunity like that, especially if you trust people who are your mentors. And they'll be like, say something like, you'd be stupid. You know, yes, that's a lot of work, but yeah. you'd be stupid not to do it. I always generally just listen. To I mean, that. the rewarding factor of being able to solve something this monumental is, I would imagine, would be career satisfying. And it is, you know, we're three years in, um, right? And, um, you know, I'm 41. And uh, my my level of energy isn't the same level as it used to be. To make it, to save that energy that you're saying early on, like at least we were very targeted, right? And so those would be the crazy sleepless nights. Those would be the nonstop weekends. Those would be telling the kids, you know, I can't, I, I, I daddy needs to work this weekend. Yep. I can't do this. Um, and and um, before you get by this stage where you need to have the energy, like, you know, to... I just can't imagine doing something where we're pivoting all the time. I don't know how I would have been able to, to handle it just emotionally and, and energy wise. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I talk to founders every day and I, I don't have the answer to that. I don't know. Like <laughs> I, they're wired weird. I don't like I'm that way. We pivot all the time with our revenue model, but it's, it's not a pivot from the mission. It's not a pivot from what we provide. I know very well what we do and what we work on, what we provide. What I don't know is maybe, are we monetizing the best way? Are we using our best assets? Are we spending our time in the right areas? That is a pivot. Mm -hmm. That's a young company trying to figure it out and figure out like, well, if we're going to grow this way, should we spend here? Or should we maybe not grow that way now because it's too expensive? Stuff like mm -hmm. that. I get that. It's the the early grind. Like when you, I just, I, I'm not like you in the sense that I take the path of least resistance, but I'm very much like you in the sense that if I look at something, I'm all in or I'm not at all. And if it's not something like I'm solving something very specific, if I don't know what I'm doing, and I, I would never walk blindly into like, there's a huge opportunity here, folks. I'm just going to figure it out. Like, that I wouldn't even waste my time with it. Yeah, and I was. It was one of the scariest things for me when deciding to to go off on my own and, and start Calderos was I'd always been very good at being mentored. So, um, and I would look for that, right? Um, so um, I would find somebody. I'd find the one was at KPMG. I'd find a partner. Um, that would be that somebody who's reflecting an expertise, a way of do the way of you know conducting him him or herself that I want to emulate. There's things about what they've figured out. I want to figure that out. Yep. And I had somebody who could do that and say, you know, who taught me ways to to go to a conference and speak. And so I'm like, I I pick that trade up from them. There's people that you know would teach me. You know, when you when you're in a situation where the only thing to do is be brave and jump in and like and and not let anything stop you. You know, I had a mentor for that. Um, the scariest thing was when I'm like, I'm not going to have that, or I yeah. don't know who that's going to be when we are, when I'm taking on this this title of CEO. That was the that was my biggest fear um, is saying, am I ready to not have those? Well, um, you are that person for these other people now. now that's the yes. difference. And so that was in terms of when I look back and 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 what happened. That was you know I'm glad that I had those mentor mentee relationships, um, but um, but yeah, that was. Because you, as you as you're saying, like there's so many things that that you are that we're when you're starting out in a company, um, and there's so many questions. There's there's so much 
um, already, you know, stress that um, I'm glad that I had that that background that I could find different people that I had found as being uh, mentors that I could emulate when those types of situations came up for Calderos. I wouldn't have known how I'd have done it without. I, that. I think there's a, a common theme here among most of the successful founders is that yeah, there's a little bit of the sponge mentality. Like I'm I'm definitely open to, to sucking up all the different things I can learn, but I, I feel like if I were to hone in on one of the key factors, and it's very clear with you is early, early, early on, you learned how to learn, if that mm -hmm. makes any sense. It's like a lot of people are just floating around there and they're seeing stuff and they're making notes, but they're not paying attention to like, why did that person do that? Why did they choose? They had a choice. Why did they choose that? Why do they continue to choose that? What is it about them that makes them, and can I learn from that? And then would they be willing to teach me? And it, then ask. It, the people who, um, some of my, my most senior leadership comes from a consulting world. And, and I come from a consulting world, right? And I think one of the good things about that world is, right, what is, what, what is consultants? Consultants are a set of methodologies, right, that is generally branded to a consulting firm. But that has been invaluable for us to work together effectively, to come from decades of, of, of spending time in consulting to understand and appreciate the frameworks so that when we are, when things come up where you need to quickly analyze them because you know how fast things yeah. go when you're starting a company, to have different frameworks that have worked for us that we could apply. Um, it's very interesting to see, you know, sometimes, you know, as we've, we've now um, quadrupled in, or nearly quadrupled in size, um, that you that the this experience of, of having all these frameworks, it's now a matter of mentoring, you know, people who love, you know, because it's the right type of personality to work for early stage. It's somebody, like, they want to go in and they want to solve problems. Um, but that to, to teach them that like framework side um, is something that I think um, is is very helpful um, to bring that to bring that set of frameworks and have frameworks as you're as you're leading a company um, as you're going through the growth stage um, to be able to teach that. This has been very fascinating. I appreciate it's rare that I get to sit down with somebody who's trying to tackle something like that big. Um, that's not just like it's a great TAM great you know it's like all right that's awesome i mean there is a huge amount of money to be made but it's not about that um so this has been very fascinating where do people go to learn more about calderos or get involved or work with you guys or or anything like that sure so uh, you can go to our website if um we are still um hiring and so we have uh not as much glass door um, built in chicago um is where you can go to to learn more about our culture know, learn more about the jobs that we're hiring for very cool. Probably the best places. Awesome. Calderos.com, I would imagine. Calderos.com. Boom, correct. there it is. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Of course. To invest in startups, download past episodes and apply to pitch on the Startup Showcase, check out technori.com. Stay connected by following us on social at Technori, or you can follow me at Katoon. Boom. That's a wrap.